We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Well, how's everyone doing this morning? Merry Christmas. I tell you, no pressure. My first Christmas sermon's on Christmas morning. Yeah, so it's exciting to see all you guys here. Um, I know we are excited to be here to worship together. And before I get started, I just want to make known a few things that, that's been going on. Um, Shane and I will be traveling to the Ukraine. I, I know there's been some questions going around. What are we doing? What's going on there? And basically, I don't know what I'm going there for. It's kind of a vision trip. I, we support some orphans as a family, and it'll give us an opportunity to maybe go meet some of those orphans and, and go and visit these orphanages there in Ukraine. And so we're looking forward to having that opportunity. And Shane is coming along to, to kind of see if maybe we as a church can, can get a vision to get involved in these orphanages in Ukraine, but not only Ukraine, here in our own community. And so this is really a trip from my wife and I as we've been talking about adoption for several years as to see if the Lord would have us do something like that. And so anyways, just to clarify some of those things that might be going on in your minds, that was the idea. So anyways, we're glad you're here this morning. And if you will, we'll get right into this message. Let's go to the Lord in prayer first. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for giving us another day to be here in your house. It's a special day in which people across the globe uh, will set aside normal life and slow down to look at the birth of Christ. We saw that last night as this place God was filled with new people. Faces that we've never seen from this community. And so God, we pray that your Holy Spirit goes forth during this time to convict and teach your word. And Lord, only you can do that. And I pray that today you will convict the hearts of your people to celebrate your birth, not only today, but all season long. To be here on Christmas, whether it's Sunday or Wednesday or whatever day, but God, that we would come and worship on the Sabbath. And I pray you will change the hearts this morning and give us a desire to know you and to make you known. I know that many of our church families are traveling. We pray for their safety as they travel to spend time with their loved ones. But Lord, many are right here at home. And they're not here this morning. It's the Lord's day. And I ask that you grow them in their relationship with you and give them the desire, their heart, to be with the body of Christ. Convict their hearts to want, to desire, to worship You whenever the doors are open. Many today, God, are lonely. They're hurting. And they're in need of Your true comfort, Your true peace. So I pray for those. Many children across the world are in orphans without mothers and fathers to love them, to hold them, to hug them, to comfort them, to give them a gift. And to tell them, Son, I love you. But God, help us not forget about them. 
as you are Heavenly Father. And you do comfort. And you do give them a gift. And you do tell them you love them in your word. Help us as your people, as your children, to love our brothers and sisters. Help us as we care for those orphans and widows. Lord, we are just so thankful for your great mercy and grace, knowing that we deserve nothing, but that you, in your great love, sent Christ, your child, to each of us. To all of those that would believe in his name would be saved. That's the gift. And teach me your ways, O Lord. Work through me and empower me with the Holy Spirit that I might teach the truth of your word. And would it be honoring and glorifying in your name. Amen. Well, we are gathered on a special occasion today. And if you are here, um, I'm excited to see you here. Because Exodus 20 tells us that the Lord's day is to keep holy. And I'm excited that you came to worship in a time that's so easy to get distracted from the true meaning of Christmas. And so if you're here this morning, praise the Lord. Because the truth is, Christmas is man-made. It's a man-made holiday. But God's commandments are given to us. We are instructed to follow them. And that means whatever day it is that we should desire and strive and do everything in our will to be here to serve and worship our King. And this morning my message, I guess, will take a different approach uh, as we look at the birth of Christ. The normal message, I guess, I would preach would have something to do with the joy of the Savior, of the world coming to mankind. And while I can't agree with that anymore, that wonderful message of hope and encouragement, I simply want to look at Christ. For those visiting, we've gone through Christ already in a message. And so this is going to reiterate some of those points. But look at Christ for who He really is. Who is He? Was He spoken of in the Old Testament? Are we simply told about His birth for the first time in Matthew? We hear this word during this time of the year, Emmanuel, God with us. How can we truly be sure that Christ, Emmanuel, is truly Christ with us, God with us? And I hope that through this acrostic poem, listen, I don't like poetry. So this was difficult for me because I don't know much about poetry, but this is an acrostic poem. And that I hope that through this that we can see Christ and who He truly is, God Himself. Next slide, please. Thank you. So we look at Christ horizontally and vertically. But here we're going to look at it C-H-R-I-S-T. Christ. And the first C I want to look at stands for creation. We see in Genesis 1 that God says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if you remember from our message, we spoke about creation and what it is to create something. 
is to make something from nothing. Meaning that only God Himself is able to actually create something. Now listen, my wife can make wonderful macaroni and cheese. But she doesn't create it. It's made with stuff that already exists. But God Himself creates things from nothing. Well, Stuart, that sounds great about the macaroni and all, but what does that have to do with Christ? Well, if you will, turn with me this morning in your book, in your Bible, to Colossians. And let us look and see what it says about Christ and creation. It talks about Christ and how He was part of creation. As a matter of fact, it talks about Christ as Creator. Colossians 1, 15-17 reads this, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him all things hold together. The Bible claims that Jesus is the Creator. It's one of the proof texts for the deity of Christ. And if that's not enough for you, we can look at John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says, He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. We know who Christ is. We want to know that Christ is God in flesh. God becoming man. If you look in John, it says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He left His domain of heaven to come to the earth in the form of a child. To try to understand the deity of Christ, the triunity of God, they say if you try to understand it, you will lose your mind, but if you fail to believe it, you will lose your soul. And so we see Christ as Creator. But we also see Christ in many different ways. We see Him as the Comforter. We see His compassion. He is caring. He is the Captain. He's the Chief. He's the Child. And He's complex. And He is the Christ in which we worship today. Do you know this Christ? Christ as Creator. But He's also known as the High Priest. You ask, how can Christ be a High Priest? He's from the tribe of Judah, Stuart. Not Levi. Those who don't understand this, I don't want to get into depth, but I just want to explain. The High Priest that the Lord selected all come from the tribe of Levi. But Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. Yet we call Him the high priest. How does He qualify? Just like in Exodus 27 and 29, God chose Aaron and his sons. And so God chose Christ to be the high priest. Hebrews 7.21 tells us, But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, You are a priest 
forever. Here the author of Hebrews is speaking of Christ. If you were like me, as I studied this, you say, what is that important? Why is that important? It doesn't fit in our culture. What do you mean a priest? It's Christmas morning. And you're teaching me that Jesus is the high priest. What's that got to do with Christmas? Let me explain. In Hebrews 7, 22-27 it reads, So much the more also Jesus has become the guaranteed a better covenant. The former priests, on the one hand, existed in greater numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing. But Jesus, on the other hand, because He continues forever, holds His priesthood permanently. And therefore, He is also able to save forever who draws near to God through Him. Since He always lives to make intercessions for them. For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens, who does not need daily like those high priests that offer up sacrifices for his own sin, and then for the sins of his people, because this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Look, the priest that lived in the flesh didn't have the same ability that Christ the child grew up to be. They were limited in the flesh. They were only able to serve while in the body. They were sinners just like those who came to them as they brought their sins to the priest and they offered up sacrifices on the altar. People would sin and come to the priest to seek forgiveness. But Christ, the high priest, the Son of God, the child in which we celebrate, is a permanent priest. He is able to make intercessions for us while He sits at the right hand of the Father. Have you ever thought about that? While you pray, Christ Himself is praying for you on behalf. Sometimes we pray for the wrong things. Praise the Lord, we got Christ praying for us. Interceding on our behalf. Christ doesn't need to make a daily sacrifice for our lives. For the sins of man. Because if you remember... He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. But those priests, those men, had to make daily sacrifices. And those people that would come to them and for themselves. But Christ did this once and for all when He gave His life up on the cross at Calvary and says, It is finished. You see, Christ is the only high priest that gave Himself as a sacrifice. You want to know why we talk about Christ the high priest this morning? Because this child in which we celebrate His birth grew to be our sinless sacrifice.
And He is our high priest. And you and I can go to Christ anytime, anywhere, any moment, and He is able to save us from our sins. To those that draw near to God through Christ. Christ is our high priest. Not only is our high priest this morning, He's our helper. He's our helper, our healer. He's the head of the church. He's our happiness. He's our holiness and our heavenly reward. Do you know this Christ this morning? Christ is creator. He's high priest. But listen, He's also, number three, our redeemer. Because that a sin in which we are all in, the Bible so clearly tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We need someone to provide the redemption for us. We are in bondage to sin and to Satan. Do you know that? For those who are not in Christ. And when you think of the word redemption, redeemer, you should think of a ransom. If I kidnapped your child and I held him back as a ransom, you and I were bought with a price. There was a doctor, a young doctor, and he was out walking one day and he was traveling down this old country road and he became very parched and he was thirsty and so he said, you know what, I see an old farmhouse out in the distance and so he walked and he said, I'm going to stop by there and he walked over and he knocked on the door and this young lady came to the door and he said, ma'am, I hate to bother you but do you mind if I have something to drink, some water? The young girl said, well, sir, we don't have running water. You have to pipe it up the hill. But she said, I've got some milk. He said, well, that'll work. And so she gave him a couple glasses of milk, and he drank this milk, and he was delighted. And so he went on his way and thanked the young girl and went back to work a few weeks later and was getting ready to do a surgery. And he walks into the doctor's office, and guess who's laying on the table? This young girl. And he gets ready and he does his operation on this young girl and he bills her and sends her on her way. And when the young girl gets home, the parents wonder, how in the world are we going to pay for this? We didn't have enough money to have running water and much play. Pay for a bill. But as they opened that bill and they looked to the bottom of the bill, it said this, paid in full. For two glasses of milk. They couldn't afford to pay the bill. But God in His grace paid it for them. This man represents what Christ has done for us. He's paid the bill on Calvary. Just like these young parents, so we are. And we need to look to Christ to pay our bill. Because no matter what we do, no matter how much work we do, no matter what we think, only Christ can save us. You've been brought, bought with a price. The price of Christ on the cross at Calvary. And there's rejoicing in that. That you and I don't have to work. That you and I don't have to accomplish any things. When we fail in our sin, it doesn't 
rip us out of God's hands, but that we can be confident in our Christ that He in His work on the cross was sufficient for salvation. Mark 10.45 reads this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give up His life as a ransom for many. A ransom. You were in bondage to Satan. And I was in bondage to Satan, but He has paid your ransom in my ransom. Don't miss that. It says many, not all. Many. To all those that would believe in His name. Not one drop of blood that took place on the cross of Calvary fell without working God's will for its purpose. The names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The question is, will you believe? Will you trust in Christ? For He is our Redeemer, but He is our reigning King. He's our ransom. He's our reviver. And most of all, He's our refuge. As believers, we need refuge. Do you know that, Christ, this morning? He's Creator, He's High Priest, He's Redeemer, but He's also the I Am. And if you remember in John, as we looked at some of these in the past, we see the seven I Am statements in the book of John. He says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the door. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then finally, in John 15, He says, I am the true vine. Do you hear the promises in those verses? I know we went through them fast, and there's a sermon in each one of those in itself. But do you hear the promises? The verses say this, He who comes to Me will never go hungry. He who believes in Me will never be thirsty. He says, Whoever follows Me will never walk in darkness, but will have light of life. He says, I am the gate for the sheep. He protects His flock. Do you understand that? By laying in the sheep door to prevent wolves from entering. He's our protector. He says, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. There's a promise in that. He has laid down his life for each of us. He says, whoever will believe in me will live even though he dies. There's a promise. Jesus in the middle of comforting his disciples, if you remember in John 14, Christ gives them direction. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This is comforting. We don't have to, to walk around in our world lost not knowing what's going to happen. Wandering aimlessly in this life. And understanding that Christ has given us a map. Pointing to Himself, I am the way. That's the child we worship this morning. If Jesus would have remained a baby, He would have been nothing. But He grew up into a God-man. 
He claimed to be God and He showed it through His life. 33 years. And then finally He tells us that if if we remain in Him, we will bear much fruit. But apart from Him, no fruit can be bared. Christ is the I Am. But listen, He's also our increase. We gain the whole world through Christ. He is infectious. He's influential. He's intelligent. He's innocent. And He's irresistible. When you get a glimpse of Christ and what He does in your life, you can't resist Him. You want more and more until you give everything you have away for Christ. You be sold out for Jesus. That's the Jesus. That's the Christ. Do you know Christ this morning? Christ is Creator. He's High Priest. He's Redeemer. And He's the I Am. But Christ is also the Suffering Servant. In Isaiah 53, we have a wonderful picture of this Suffering Servant. This Christ, the one that would be born of a child, live for 33 years and die on a cross. He would suffer. And that suffering would pay our ransom. This this verse in Isaiah 53 took place years and years before it ever happened. And so as we look at it, keep that in mind. Told of the event years before it ever took place. But yet such a perfect picture of who Christ was and what He would go through. It says in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Surely our gifts, our griefs, He bore Himself. And our sorrow He carried, and yet we ourselves esteemed Him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. But He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well-being fell upon Him. And by His scourging we are healed. Christ was a suffering servant. And He paid the price in full by giving up His life for His people. Those that would believe in His name. Those that would put their faith in Jesus Christ alone. His work on the cross. Listen, He was far from what they expected. But did far more than we could ever expect. As He paid for your life. As He took your place on that cross. And He took my place on that cross. He is the suffering servant. But He's also the Savior of the world. He's sufficient. He's sacred. He's satisfying. He's our salvation. He's steadfast. And He's our strong tower that we can go to in our times of need. That's the baby we worship this morning. The child. Christ. Do you know this Christ this morning? He's Creator. He's High Priest. He's Redeemer. He's the I Am. He's the Suffering Servant. This morning, we see Him as a toddler. He's the child in which we worship today. 
No other child has the respect that this child Christ does. We need to worship Him not only today on Christmas morning, we need to praise Him every day. We need to worship Him every day. Christ, the newborn King, do you know Him this morning? This baby, this child, the perfect gift from God. Listen, I don't know how many open gifts, but those gifts are nothing compared to the gift that Christ has given us. And the question is, have you opened it? Have you opened your life and allowed Christ to step in and be the Lord of your life? Well, I don't know enough about Him to do that. Well, let me tell you, He's been here. And He's not going anywhere. And He's calling out to you today, Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Listen, we deserve to die as a penalty for sin. No one in evangelical community doubts that. We're all falling short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Each of us deserves to die as a penalty for sin. We deserve to endure God's wrath because of this sin that separates us from our God. And we are completely separated from God because of our sin. And listen, we are in bondage to sin, to the kingdom of Satan. But this child, this Christ. He brings us hope. He brings us peace. He brings us choice. He brings us love. And now we look at Christ. This child was born of a virgin. A miraculous birth. And people in our culture try to beat it away. Because if you can discredit the birth of a virgin birth, then you got error. But they can't. They can talk bad about it. But they can't put it away. It was given of the Holy Spirit that we might have life. That we might have salvation. In Luke 2, 29, you remember a fellow by the name of Simeon. And God told him that you would not pass away until you saw the salvation of the Lord. In Luke 2.29 we see Simeon say this. Now Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation as he held baby Jesus. Simeon knew this child was the hope of mankind. His life had waited on it. And that's what we celebrate on Christmas. This child. And so no, you can't take Christ out of Christmas. And you can't, because if you do take Christ out of Christmas, you have a big mess. You'll figure that out later. It's a pagan holiday without Christ. 
It's not about a tree or it's not about presents. It's not about old jolly Saint Nick or Jingle Bells or Walmart or J.C. Penney. None of that. It's about the one who gave his life for many. This child grew into a perfect man and lived for 33 years. Perfect. He died on a cross. But he reappeared and he ascended up to the right hand of the Father. And let me tell you the truth today, he's coming back. To receive us to himself that where he is, there we may be also. Do you know Christ this morning? Believe in the Christ and this child that has fulfilled His purpose to bring each one of us into a wonderful saving relationship in Christ Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Listen, He's the Creator. He's the High Priest. He's the Redeemer. He's the I Am. He's the Suffering Servant. And He's the toddler that we celebrate today. Now I don't know about you guys, but something we do in our family, and I would like for us to do as a church, and it's not something that we have to continue forever. But I don't know about you, but we have children, and we sing happy birthday to our children. And I think as a congregation, it would be very fitting if we sing happy birthday to Jesus. So if you will, join in. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. God bless you and Merry Christmas.